At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw after wrestlemania post show it is april 4th 2022 i am your host jd from new york and this is the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your monday nights wherever you may be I was positive about WWE throughout most of the weekend, man. I felt like a new man. I felt like I was not myself. Now, granted, all I want is a good product. All I want is a better show. All I want is a better WWE. That's all I ever want. My negativity isn't hatred. My negativity is just love that wants better. The simplest way for me to put it. Most of the idiots out there aren't going to get that because they only see what they see in 30-second clips on Twitter, but that is genuinely what I want. I was excited about the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania because night one, to me, was the best WrestleMania that WWE's put on. On paper, it looked like shit. But after the show was over, it was probably the best WrestleMania that WWE has done since WrestleMania 31. Night two, I can't say the same, though it wasn't a terrible show. It wasn't anywhere close to what WWE did on night one. And I said this on the post show last night for night two. It almost felt like somebody else booked and produced night one while Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard just completely shit the bed with sports entertainment on night two. Totally different shows between Saturday and Sunday. I was excited about the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania because I felt that there was something different in the air. Now, WWE, they could pretend that everything is good and everything is exciting and all eyes need to be on us. And you could slap a new coat of paint on that wall. Doesn't make a fucking difference, man. It's what's underneath the paint. You can make it look all pretty. You could make it look all colorful and fucking enthusiastic. WWE went right back to doing what they do. Illogical booking. 
a completely disastrous show for Raw after WrestleMania that gave you nothing at all to really sink your teeth in and get excited about outside the obvious. And what they did tonight did not feel anything like what a Raw after WrestleMania should feel like. And Dallas was no better. Now, granted, you got how many days of wrestling in Dallas? I know you guys are probably fucking completely zoned out at this point. I was this afternoon. I slept till about 11.30 today. I didn't get out of bed till noon. I was up till 4 fucking 30 last night after the live stream of night two went off the air. I don't go right to bed after I finish streaming. I stay up and I try and get sleepy. When I do my thing, I'm running on adrenaline, man. It's tough for me to go right to sleep. I got up. I had lunch. I skipped breakfast altogether. Played a little Destiny. Slept on the couch for four hours today, man. I was absolutely out of it. And I know Dallas was probably the same way. But you guys didn't really aid in making this feel like a Raw after WrestleMania, man. You came off as immature children. You sounded like a bunch of drunk college idiots. That's what you sounded like. You didn't actually sound like you wanted to be there and enjoy a wrestling show and give us a Raw after WrestleMania. You made yourselves look like fools. The only time that they were respectable was when Cody Rhodes was out there. And Cody Rhodes easily was the best thing about this entire show. Bar none. He was the only thing that felt like a Raw after WrestleMania. But that's what Cody Rhodes does. I'll get to Cody Rhodes a little bit later in the show. This entire show didn't really do anything, man. Cody... He came out, gave everybody exactly what we wanted, an explanation as to why he left AEW, why he's back in WWE. He wants the world title. Great. Great. Let's start booking a long-term vision, Bruce. Long-term booking with Cody Rhodes. You got yourself a made man right there. It should not take you all that much time to figure out what to do with him and book him right to the top, man. I even said it last night. That's the guy that's going to take down Roman Reigns and end Roman Reigns' Universal Championship title run. Sells itself. I don't want to hear anybody's fucking complaints about it. WWE's got nobody else. That's the man right now. WWE isn't thinking about the future. They always think about the right now. Cody is Mr. Right Now. Roman Reigns, speaking of Roman Reigns, supposedly injured at WrestleMania. The biggest WrestleMania match of all time ended up being one of the worst WrestleMania main events of all time. It had nothing to do with the injury. The match sucked right before we got the injury. The injury made no difference. I don't care what those guys had planned at the end of the match if they called an audible and ended it early to protect Roman Reigns. The match up until that point sucked. So stop defending garbage. WWE... Roman Reigns, he is the man, he's the undisputed universal heavyweight champion of WWE. Injured, supposedly. We don't know how badly Roman Reigns is injured. He was wincing tonight. I visibly saw it. Yes, he looked fine, but he was wincing. The man is hurt. How hurt? We don't know. How hurt? We'll never know. WWE's not going to divulge that information. Without Roman Reigns, WWE has jack shit. They can't. Go on TV and say, oh, Roman Reigns is hurt. He's going to be out X amount of time. WWE is going to pretend like Roman Reigns is fucking God. They're never going to let you know that man's hurt. And for how long? He showed up tonight. 
told us to watch Friday night until Friday night. We don't know what the fuck the man's doing on WWE television at its, as its undisputed champion. We got to wait till Friday night SmackDown. Great. Maybe WWE is seeing what could be done with the injury and further diagnosis is being done on Roman Reigns. I don't know. But at the end of the day, does WWE have any plan? No. Do they have a fucking plan for Roman Reigns? Probably not. They haven't had a plan for for Roman Reigns outside of Brock Lesnar for the duration of his title run. Now you expect WWE to have a plan? What's their plan? Drew McIntyre? Hand me a fucking pillow. Veer Mahan finally shows up on Monday Night Raw. The guy's beard game is A+. He looks like a savage. Veer Mahan destroyed the Mysterios after their huge, I guess, well, they didn't win at WrestleMania, after that huge WrestleMania moment with The Miz and Logan Paul, Ray and Dominic Mysterio team for the first time at WrestleMania. What do they get for their troubles? Veer Mahan destroys both father and son in his debut on Monday Night Raw. His first match will take place next week against Ray Mysterio. But it's great to see that Veer <coughs> has come. And he unloaded all over Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Terrible puns, I know. Or a terrible choice of words, I know. But it's WWE's fault. They, they did it to themselves. Dolph Ziggler. Yes, Dolph Ziggler was on this show. Some Raw after Manny, man. Dolph Ziggler's on the show, man. Holy shit. Dolph Ziggler defended the NXT Championship against Braun Breaker. Same match that we got on Saturday night. Dolph Ziggler beat Braun Breaker on Saturday night. The fuck are we doing with this match tonight? We got this same match from Saturday night in a less than match that was on Saturday night. What they did on Saturday night, or Saturday afternoon, I should say, was a lot better than what we got tonight. And WWE today, with the title change of the NXT title, now back on Braun Breaker for a second time, WWE showed you tonight exactly what they think of NXT, even with Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon running the show. NXT is absolutely irrelevant in NXT's eyes, management's eyes, Vince and Bruce's eyes. They did a title change tonight. For what reason? Title change should have happened on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon. If you wanted to do a title change, I've been crying for the last couple of weeks that the title change from Dolph Ziggler or Braun Breaker to Dolph Ziggler should have never even happened in the first place. Why the fuck did it even happen in the first place? Why was it a thing? I don't understand what they're doing with this Braun Breaker situation. Impromptu match on Monday night. Title change on Monday night. Who gives a shit? Not one fucking person in that entire crowd cared. Memories should be made. That was anything but memorable for Braun Breaker. It's pretty much all that happened on Monday night. We'll talk about Omos and Bobby Lashley. Apparently that feud is not over yet. MVP has turned his back on Bobby Lashley. They want Bobby Lashley now as a big baby face on Monday night. And Edge apparently is proclaiming this message. What is the message that Edge is sending out to everybody? What is Edge and his message? Damian Priest aligned with Edge officially tonight in this new unnamed faction. There will be more additions to this faction. 
And I don't know who they will be, but I'm going to go over exactly what I would do with this faction and who I would include. So that is also a talking point tonight. And Elias. Elias is back. Somehow, WWE wants us to think that this is Elias's brother, Ezekiel, but Elias has completely transformed his look and his persona to now be named Ezekiel on Monday Night Raw. Yes, I was flabbergasted at what WWE did to Mr. Elias. So we got a lot to talk about, guys. We got a lot to go over. I thank you guys very much for joining me on this Monday Night Raw post-show, the Raw After Mania, right here on Off The Scripts. You guys absolutely killed it all weekend long, man. As I look at the numbers now, we are again tonight number one in the entire community, man. I appreciate you guys so much. Everybody's live. And we are number one right now, man, as I look at my analytics. You guys killed it all weekend, man. Over 10,000 live viewers on YouTube alone between Saturday and Sunday night. You guys killed it. We're nearing 8,000 likes between both nights for night one and night two. We gained close to 1,000 followers on Twitter, and we just broke 132,000 subscribers on YouTube, man. It's all because of you guys, and you believe in me. You trust me to even be here, man. I love every single one of you. Thank you so much, man. This was the biggest and the most successful WrestleMania weekend that Off The Script has ever had, and we continue to get better and better every single year, and this weekend is always a benchmark, man. It's all thanks to you guys. Thank you so much. Follow me on Twitter, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. If you guys are new here, thank you. If you guys are just finding the show tonight, hit that subscribe button, man. You're going to like what you hear. I guarantee you. I'm not everybody's cup of coffee, man, but the one thing you'll always get around here is truth and honesty, man, and a passion that nobody else has. I just want a better show. That's all I want. So hit that, hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for notifications. Super Chats are open, man. The Super Chats is all for you. It's all for you, man. You sound off. You let me know what you thought of tonight's show. We'll read them at the end of the show as always. So get them on in. It's going to be a big night. Hit that join button down below as well. Become an OTS VIP, man. We just hit 500 channel members this past week. Let's try for 600, man. Hit that join button, you guys. Get access to those emotes, and you guys get those custom badges next to your name to show off your VIP status. So hit that join button and become a VIP, and sit right back there with me, man. First round is always on me. Go get your t-shirts, bonfire.com, the exclusive home of Off The Scripts. And make sure you guys check out my sponsor for today's show, man. Once again, my boys over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use code JD at checkout for your free sample. All you guys need to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, man. BlueChew.com. Monday Night Raw, man. I was looking forward to Monday Night Raw for one reason and one reason only, and that man is Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes started Monday Night Raw off in what was the most emotional promo that WWE has seen since he has left. 
Cody Rhodes is great. And I gave you guys the reason why I was excited about Cody Rhodes being back. And this was one of the reasons, man. The man emits emotion like nobody ever does in WWE. And Cody Rhodes gave us the one thing tonight that was most interesting. And I've been saying this coming on in. If Cody gives me any reason to watch this show, it's a W for WWE. If he gives you the reason to pick up the remote control and watch Monday Night Raw, it is a win for WWE. Look at the show you got tonight. Look at the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania you got tonight. Now, envision this show without Cody Rhodes. How would you feel about this Monday Night Raw? You would feel a lot worse than what we got tonight. Tonight was already a bad show with Cody Rhodes on it. I only speak truth, man. Cody's going to give you something to genuinely fucking care about. He started the show. And I'm happy to see him out there. Crowd absolutely loved him. Gave him the floor. He soaked it all in. It barely, it barely even felt like a WWE moment, man. This is something that we usually don't see on WWE television. Felt It felt, it, it already felt different, and Cody Rhodes didn't even say anything. He didn't even say anything, man. It was 8.15, and, and Cody Ross hasn't even said a fucking word yet. So, fans are chanting, Cody, Cody. They're giving him the love. He's in his fancy suit. And... He says it's been 47 days. Since 47 days, he's been a free agent. What do you guys want to talk about? What do you guys want to talk about, he says. He said he chose to remain silent for all of those 47 days. I heard stories. He heard whispers. He heard theories that all of it was nonsense. Everyone thinks the decision to return to WWE was difficult. He says it was not. He said it was very simple. The star that left them in the dust. Play on words there for stardust. The man standing here now having signed a multi-year agreement with World Wrestling Entertainment. And if there was, he stopped. You deserve it, Chance interrupted him. He says, if there was a glimmer of doubt or a shred of trepidation, the moment rose up in front of 70,000 plus fans and he defeated Seth Rollins. Any doubt was eradicated in that moment. He says he's an avid reader and he stumbled across this quote today. A man often finds his destiny on a path he takes to avoid it. He asked fans to humor him as he pointed everybody to the Titan Tron on the stage. There was a picture of Dusty Rhodes back on September 26, 1977 at Madison Square Garden holding up the World Heavyweight Championship. Fans chanted, Dusty, Dusty. He said, that's his father. He said, they know him as a legend, the son of a plumber, a common man and all that. He said, they know him as a legend. His voice cracked when he started to say, the things that everybody said about his father, and this one got him. Dusty was all those things, but to me, he was my hero. And he starts getting teary-eyed. He talked about the photo of his dad. He says he was holding the championship that eventually was the same championship that Hulk Hogan held, The Undertaker held, Shawn Michaels, 
and Triple H. All great superstars. Obviously, he left out a ton of names. He said, all these men got their hands on that championship. He said that photo was on the mantle of his parents' bedroom until his dad passed away. The last day his dad was alive, that photo remained on the mantle. He says as he got hip to the industry, he said to his dad when he was eight years old, I didn't know you were a champion like Hulk Hogan. He said he looked at him with the same eyes that Liberty, his daughter has, looked at him with, that he won that match because it was by countout. He didn't take home the championship belt. He said he knew then not what he wanted to do, but what he needed to do. And this was, again, yet another emotional throwback to Cody Rhodes as he got choked up talking about this moment and the same look that he gave his father that Liberty gives him now, his daughter. He said he knew what he needed to do. He said he needed to win that championship and bestow it to the hands of his dad and say no one can take it away from him. He said many are familiar with his journey, but not everyone is. So the dream died right in front of him and that opportunity passed or did it. His voice went from cracking to emotional to being very forceful and passionate. He said he can't put that belt in his father's hands right now, but he can put it around the waist of the American nightmare. He said his silence is broken, and he now stands before everyone ready. He says he's going to give the distinction that his family has long since been denied. I am going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for me. I'm going to do it for my family. I'm going to do it for the American dream. Dusty Rhodes. Seth Rollins and his music hits. He's wearing this very bright pink suit with a white dress shirt and a pink tie. He comes down. The fans are singing his theme music. He gets in the ring. He starts laughing at Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes threw the microphone down. Rollins didn't say anything. Cody didn't say anything. Cody extended his hand for a handshake, and Rollins shook his hand. And that was the end of the, se- of the segment. I posted on social media about this, about this promo, and this is exactly what I, what I wanted for WWE. This is exactly what I wanted as far as the passion that Cody Rhodes was going to bring to the company. This was the storytelling that I was hoping we'd get right out of the gate with Cody Rhodes. Why Rollins was out there, I don't know. I don't think they're done. I don't think they're done yet. Rollins and Reigns clearly have unfinished business because that match at the Royal Rumble didn't really go Rollins' way and Roman took the cheap way out for that win at the Royal Rumble. So you know Rollins wants the same thing that Cody wants. And Rollins, he may be, you know, fun-loving tonight, but Rollins is a master manipulator. He will do whatever he has to do to stop Cody Rhodes from Cody Rhodes achieving his dream. That's why he was out there. The the snake in sheep's clothing that Rollins is was very apparent tonight. So they're not done by any stretch. But the mission statement, I enjoy enjoy long-term booking, man. I enjoy a nice mission statement, and I like to see that mission take place, and I like to be on the road to see that mission completed. Cody Rhodes tonight gave you a mission statement that eventually, if WWE plays their cards right, could be one for the ages. Could be one that is absolutely memorable, not only for the company, for the Rhodes family, but for Cody. 
We wanted to know why he was back. He gave us a reason why he was back. He wants the WWE Championship. That's all the reason I need. There are still people out there that are crying that Cody Rhodes went to WWE. Crying. AEW fanatics. Cult members of AEW. Crying that Cody Rhodes is in WWE. What difference does it make if Cody Rhodes is here or there? How many times have I fucking told you? Tony Khan doesn't need Cody Rhodes. WWE needs Cody Rhodes. Look at the show tonight. Without Cody, this show is one of the worst roles of the entire year. This man saved a three-hour show from being a total fucking disaster with a 25-minute promo to open the show. If that's what he does every week, then that's what I am going to come on here and praise because that's exactly what I knew we were getting. That's what he brings to the table. All I heard was people, oh, Cody's faking crying. Cody's tears are fake. This is the same shit that Cody Rhodes did in AEW. Same old song and dance with Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes sounds like a fucking pastor giving a speech in church. I heard it all. I heard it all. I don't understand what you people want. I feel, I genuinely feel sorry for those that just don't get it. You don't get it. Without Cody Rhodes, what do you got? You got an injured Roman Reigns right now with no fucking competition. That's what you got. Nothing. Everybody wants to blast Cody Rhodes because he went to the enemy team now in WWE. This is what the company needed. This is what Cody Rhodes needed. I'm glad he's here. For 25 minutes, I didn't feel like I was watching Monday Night Raw. For 25 minutes, I didn't do anything but listen to that man speak. And during the parts where he got emotional, I got teary-eyed. That is pro wrestling to me. Cody Rhodes embodies pro wrestling. Tony Khan doesn't need Cody Rhodes. Tony Khan is doing just fine. WWE's got a plan here, hopefully, to give us something monumental. They got a baby face in Cody Rhodes. Will he remain as hot as he is right now? That's up to WWE. I don't think Cody Rhodes is the type of guy that's going to let this one slip through his fingers again. I think he's going to do whatever it takes to make sure everybody is really on this ride. He said it himself before he joined. I'm going to bring you guys on a journey, on a ride that you've never seen before. And when he says something, more times than not, Cody delivers. I said it on night two after Roman Reigns won the Undisputed Championship. Cody versus Roman is the match you need to build. When it happens, I don't know. Everybody's like, oh, it's going to be Roman versus Rock at WrestleMania next year. Roman and Rock is, uh, is the one thing everybody's talking about. I don't know when that's going to happen, if it's going to happen, if the titles are going to be on the line or not. To me, that type of match doesn't really need the championships because what are you going to do there? What are you going to do there? Roman and Rock doesn't need the world championships. If Roman beats The Rock, he might as well just fucking retire and go into the Hall of Fame. There's nobody left. That is a story that doesn't need the world championships. Cody Rhodes is here now. Cody Rhodes versus Roman is a match for the making, for the ages. Cody beating Roman, the Rhodes family versus the Anawaii family, 
Cody Rhodes doing this, challenging the head of the table, it writes it fucking self. What more do you guys want? Name a better name a better option in WWE right now that Roman Reigns has outside of Cody Rhodes. There's nobody. There's nobody. I'll be the first to fucking tell you. I don't want Cody Rhodes as the guy. I would rather somebody else that WWE has built up internally to make them the new king that will carry the company for the next 10 to 15 years. Does WWE have that ready right now? The answer is no. They're not even ready to book next week's fucking show. Never mind. Get somebody in line where they can take Roman's spot. Anytime somebody gets ahead of themselves and may show that type of potential, WWE rears them in and yanks the chain back. No, 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 no. You're not ready unless we say so. They're afraid to build stars. They don't want new stars. They don't want new stars impeding on their current stars. There's something fucked up with the way WWE thinks. But the fucked up thing about it is, the way I look at it is, WWE should really be building up somebody internally to take down Roman Reigns and end his Universal Championship title run. That's the right way to go about it. That's what needs to be done to build the future of the company. The way I see it is, WWE only has Cody Rhodes right now to fill this spot. And at the end of the day, you're not looking at the next guy. You're not looking at Cody Rhodes leading the WWE for the next 10 to 15 years. Cody's lucky if he's got seven, eight years left in him. Some at a main event level, most of it in a mid-card level. The, f- the, fun- the funny way I see it is WWE has an AEW XEVP coming on in, potentially being the one to take down Roman Reigns. That's the funny thing I see when I look at this situation. How hilarious would it be that WWE's failed to build their future to take down Roman Reigns, and the one that potentially takes down Roman Reigns was an ex-AEW EVP that worked under Tony Khan. It's funny how the world works, man. It's funny how the world works. But for all the people out there that are crying, oh, I don't like it, Uh, this promo sucked. You were the same fucking people that were praising Cody Rhodes promos year after year after year after year. The shit he did with Dustin, the shit he did with MJF, the shit he did with uh, Brody. You all praised that. I know you did. Don't bullshit me. Now that he's with WWE, oh, it's fuck Cody Rhodes. Oh, Cody Rhodes is fake crying. Oh, Cody Rhodes is an actor. He's a fucking shill. He's a a sellout. He's a traitor. I feel genuinely sorry that you guys... You small percentage, you out there, don't get it. You don't get it. This was fantastic. I loved everything about this. This is a story that embodies long-term booking. When it happens, I don't know. Cody wins money in the bank? I don't know. Is Roman even going to be able to compete with the injury that he has right now? I don't know. What's the status of Dwayne? You know WWE wants that match? I don't know. When will we see Dwayne? I don't know. But you got the now. The now is Cody Rhodes. The now is not Gable Stevenson. The now is not Braun Breaker. The now is not Drew McIntyre. The now is not Bobby Lashley. The now is not Omos. The now is not Edge or Randy Orton. The now is Cody Rhodes. Nobody that I just mentioned is going to tell a greater story than Cody Rhodes. And what would we rather want? What do we need? Story. Story. They got something that could be monumental right in front of them. 
And this is the problem that I, I don't trust Vince and I don't trust Bruce. I don't. I don't. I never will. Cody Rhodes has been booked perfectly between Saturday and what he said tonight. How long will that keep up? I don't know. But Cody Rhodes tonight gave you a mission statement, and that mission statement needs to be taken seriously. And stop the bitching and the moaning about Cody Rhodes. I'm not going to stop saying what I'm saying on social media, and if I see any negativity in regards to Cody, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I understand how you guys feel, and I've said it for weeks. You want to call him a sellout? You want to call him a traitor? Fine, I'm never going to tell you how to feel. But this is exactly why he's back in WWE. They need him. Tony Khan doesn't need Cody Rhodes. If Cody Rhodes makes this show better, which he did tonight, I am all for it. It's a win for you. It's a win for me. It's a win for WWE. Cut the bullshit. There's no difference between Cody now and Cody we seen three months ago. I'll wait and make judgment. I'm right there with you. I don't trust them. I don't. I don't think Cody's going to allow them to fuck him over again. And the grand stage that they put him on Saturday night, 100% perfect. Nailed it. If they go back on that, that's on them. And I'm sure I will not be the only one telling them that they fucked up. They can't fuck up. They can't afford to fuck this up. But that doesn't mean I trust them. I don't. I trust Cody. I don't trust Bruce. Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. I don't know why this match was booked. I don't know why this was a thing on the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. If there was one team, though, if there was one team out of those four teams last night that were going to challenge Sasha Banks and Naomi, it was going to be Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. This was a championship contenders match. I hate championship contenders match. I I hate matches like this because it means that the challengers have to beat the champion in order to get a title shot. And WWE's forced to do this because there's no division. They have nobody else. And this is the one thing that they needed on this show. They needed major names. So enter Sasha Banks and her partner Naomi. Ripley gave Naomi a delayed vertical suplex in the match that seemed to last about 20, 25 seconds. Dropped Naomi after letting all the blood rush down to the head. Both teams exchanged dives and Naomi came out of it. In control of the match, Ripley randomly in control after a commercial break. Naomi came back with a disaster kick. Both tagged out. Banks is tagged in. Liv Morgan's tagged in. Banks gave Morgan a Meteora for two. Morgan fought her off and used a double-team powerbomb for two. This was pretty cool. Rhea Ripley uh, took Sasha and threw her to Liv and right down to the mat. So it was like an alley-oop powerbomb. So... Naomi, um, in this match with Sasha, Naomi then took Ripley, threw her out of the ring, and Banks, she was in control here. She used their combo glam slam codebreaker finish to get the win and pinfall on Liv Morgan, and they now move on without 
another team in that division to challenge for those tag team championships because they beat Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan clean. The story of the match here was Liv Morgan's in the ring and Rhea Ripley's in the ring after the match is over. Rhea Ripley frustrated, shrugged off Liv Morgan and walked out of the ring, leaving Liv in the ring all by herself. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is exactly what I wanted to see, man. Uh, enough of this tag team bullshit with Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley does not belong in tag teams. Rhea Ripley is a singles competitor. She's needed a complete overhaul for months now. She's felt absolutely irrelevant, teaming with fucking Nikki Trash in a nothing tag team that we haven't even seen Nikki on TV in weeks. And Rhea Ripley now teaming with Liv Morgan because they needed something for her to do at WrestleMania. So in comes Liv Morgan. Oh, what's the, what's the makeup of this team? Why are they together? Oh, they both wear leather. They have nothing in common. They both wear leather. They got leather outfits. Let's team them up. Rhea Ripley needs a complete overhaul. And if going heel, which I suspect is coming next week, because they booked a rematch, which I'll get to in a little bit, if they are booking the rematch, they need to turn Rhea Ripley on Liv Morgan. And where does Rhea Ripley go from there? I'll get to that a little bit later. Because I got a perfect idea for Rhea Ripley and what she could do as a heel. Because she needs to start embodying how she looks. Rhea Ripley should not be coming out smiling, wearing fucking spikes as if she's going to go on stage and be a singer for a fucking black metal band. It's not going to work. It doesn't look right. She needs to stop smiling, and she needs to get back to what she was doing when she was NXT champion under Triple H. And that is brutality. Brutalize people. She needs to kick ass. That's what she needs to do. Enough of this smiling. Enough of this teaming with comic book characters. Enough teaming with little baby Liv Morgan. Enough of this shit. Let's move her on to be something a little bit more serious. Now they booked the rematch next week. Apparently Liv Morgan went up to Rhea Ripley in the back and Rhea Ripley apologized for being very, uh, very angry and frustrated out there in the ring. So they booked another rematch. WWE had these two lose. She went to Adam Pearce and asked for a rematch and got another rematch. Great. Great. So you lose and you get rewarded. You lose not only at Mania, you lose at Raw, but you get rewarded with another championship match. 
The illogical garbage that exists on this show is mind-numbing, man. Mind-numbingly fucking stupid. Yes, I lost, but let me go back to management and ask for another match. Here, I thought Sasha and Naomi were going to lose this thing because WWE doesn't know how to book their fucking women's division. Imagine Sasha and Naomi winning the titles on Sunday night only to come back to Monday Night Raw and lose their first match on Monday night. That's what I was expecting. But I hope going into next week's uh, rematch that Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan lose again and we get Rhea Ripley turning on Liv Morgan going heel. That's what we need. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens had an unbelievable and memorable WrestleMania in the main event of Saturday night against Stone Cold Steve Austin in a anything-goes Texas deathmatch, brawled in the crowd, Austin drinking beer and stomping a mud hole in Kevin Owens. Excellent stuff there by Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens. He came out. And he had a microphone tonight, and he wanted to address everybody. He said that he might have made a mistake at WrestleMania when he had Stone Cold Steve Austin on his KO show. He said he tricked him into a match, but Austin was better than he expected. He says he is still great. He said, you have to be great to beat somebody of his caliber, one of the greatest superstars to ever step foot in the ring. He said he tricked himself a little bit because he went into the match with a bad back. He says he wasn't lying. He says he was lifting a lot of weights the day before and hurt himself. He says he should have gone home and shouldn't have even been there. But he knew the WWE Universe deserved a a great main event. I put myself at risk for all of you, he said. So I appreciate Kevin Owens just because of that, man. He said we deserve a great main event. If we got Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair in the main event of WrestleMania Night 1, we would have never gotten a great main event. That shit sucked. I put myself at risk for all of you. Says as great as that win was for Austin, there should be a clarification in the record books that it came over someone not at 100%. All of a sudden we hear this unknown theme music go off. Owens was interrupted. And we see what I had to do a triple take for. Elias. He's back on Monday night. He's wearing Macho Man-esque trunks. He shaved his chest. He shaved his beard. He shaved his head. He cut his hair. Elias is now known as Ezekiel. I ask myself, what the fuck am I looking at here? What am I looking at here? Ezekiel. That's the best name that WWE management and creative came up with for Elias. All those vignettes about Elias is dead. They weren't kidding. They were more true than we even realized. He was interrupted by Ezekiel, a clean-shaven Elias in Macho Man Randy Savage-esque trunks. Graves says he recognized who it was on commentary. Saxton asked if that was Elias. Graves said, to the untrained eye maybe, but it's absolutely not Elias. KO looked at him and said, Elias, is that you? Then Ezekiel said, no, I am not Elias. I am Elias' younger brother, Ezekiel. 
So Owens said, uh, what? Ezekiel. He says he is Elias' younger brother. He says he recognizes his eyes. He reinstated that he is Elias' younger brother, Ezekiel, again to Kevin Owens. Owens says he got beer in his eyes on Sunday. Maybe my eyes don't work. I think they work. Maybe they don't work. Owens told him to stop lying because he hates liars. So Ezekiel said, well, then you must hate yourself because you told Stone Cold Steve Austin a lie on Saturday night. K.O. said, you know what? I don't like you. So fans were chanting, you got stunned. You got stunned to Kevin Owens. Owens says he never liked him and he likes him less now. He said about Elias, you got 10 seconds to get out of the ring or else. So he counted down from 10, and in every pause up until 1, the crowd gave him a what chant. Ezekiel didn't move. He got down to 1, he dropped the mic, and Kevin Owens simply walked out of the ring. I'll tell you what, though. Kevin Owens is great. Kevin Owens is fantastic. Anything he does, man, he's just he's just awesome. And as far as Elias goes, Elias, Ezekiel, Enrique, I don't know what he called him. Kevin Owens. I'm not going to miss the Elias character. I thought the Elias character was something that worked in the beginning. WWE clearly didn't have a plan for it. The pandemic hit. The pandemic killed the character. It was never going to be the same thing because when WWE got fans or something close to fans back in attendance, they went right back to doing the same shtick with Elias as soon as fans got back in attendance. So you went from what was something that worked to something that died, and you went back to what you thought was going to work, and it never worked out because the gimmick was played out. Nobody wanted to see that gimmick anymore. They were over it. How many times can somebody play his acoustic guitar, and they get interrupted before he starts singing a tune. Most of these musician gimmicks don't really get over anyway. They got a very short shelf life in WWE. They never really work out. Unless WWE comes up with something monumental and fucking tremendous that's going to transcend the WWE as far as characters go. I don't see WWE coming up with a musician gimmick that's going to work. It never works. I don't think this is going to work either. I don't really get where they're going with this. It looks completely out of place. Not really a a great follow-up either for Kevin Owens, who just main-evented WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I said this on Saturday night when I did my night one post show. You you, You people in WWE should be looking at Kevin Owens, and you should be praising the fucking ground this man walks on. This guy gave you 20 minutes of a main event with Stone Cold Steve Austin at 57 years old, protected him, and gave you guys a true main event for WrestleMania when Austin didn't even want to work a wrestling match, a full-fledged one at that. But that was a match. Referee, bell, Austin's hand was raised in the air. Sounded like a match to me. Looked like a match to me. Kevin Owens deserves to be rewarded after what he did with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And on top of that, he he carried the feud because Austin didn't make any television appearances until Saturday night outside of one video package that they shot to really have him accept the invitation to be on Kevin Owens' show. But this is what you want to do with Kevin Owens, Ezekiel. 
The Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania should be a hard reset for everybody. The one thing that should really be reset is Kevin Owens' priority on Monday Night Raw. He needs to be in a top-level feud, and he needs to be taken a little bit more seriously, not feud with somebody known as Elias, now named Ezekiel. I don't know where they're going with this, but it looked ridiculous. I don't know if anybody really knew at first glance who he was. When the name Elias was mentioned on the microphone via Kevin Owens and his promo, then people really understood who he was. I don't think people are going to take to this. Is he going to show up as somebody different every fucking week? That's what I'm curious about. Is he going to go back and be somebody else next week? Maybe he's Elias' cousin. Maybe he. Maybe we see Elias back on television. Is he going to have split personality disorder? I don't know what they're doing here. But I can't see this getting over on main roster television and lasting a long time. This looks like it's tailor-made for Nick Khan's budget cut list which I do expect Elias to be on sooner or later. Ezekiel. Man, what a difference a beard makes, huh? It'd be like me if I shaved my fucking goatee off. You wouldn't even recognize me. Elias looks like a completely different human being without the hair, without the fucking guitar, and without the beard. He looks like a, a different human being. It's amazing what some facial hair will do for somebody. The Miz, he was back on Monday Night Raw after him and Logan Paul beat the Mysterios at WrestleMania. What did WWE do? Give us another Miz versus Mysterio match. Wow, what thought went into that, Bruce, right? How long did it take you to come up with this one? The Miz versus Dominic Mysterio went one minute. One minute. A complete waste of everybody's time. Dominic got in some early offense, ducked a Miz clothesline. He head-scissored Miz. Then Miz dropped him over the top rope. Very sloppily. It's like a half drop on the top rope. Choked him out. Turned him over. Skull-crushing finale. Less than a minute. Dominic loses. Gets squashed to the Miz on Monday Night Raw. As Miz celebrated, Ray went to go check on Dominic. Ray was obviously in Dominic's corner. Veer Mahan... This is the debut of Veer Mahan on Monday Night Raw. Miz looked at the the, the ramp, saw Veer Mahan come down, and he escaped. He got out of the ring, and Veer Mahan ran into the ring and attacked Dominic and Rey Mysterio. He side-slammed Rey Mysterio with a very good-looking sidewalk slam. Then he put Dominic in a modified camel clutch. Dominic tapped out, and his face was turning beet red. Fear Mahan was choking him out. And this is the debut, and the WWE career of Veer Mahan is off and running. You know, when Veer came out, and you've seen the graphic on the screen, and he was there on stage, he got a decent little reaction. Fans popped a little bit for Veer Mahan. I'm thinking maybe WWE takes Veer Mahan after all these weeks, and all the social media hype, and all... The excitement around Veer is coming, right? I I figured WWE would bring him to Monday Night Raw and and let him get over without really pigeonholing him into a role. Just let him be. Just let him be. That's what I thought WWE was going to do here. I didn't necessarily think he was going to be a babyface. I I just thought they would let him be. Let, Let him go out there and wrestle and just... Listen to the crowd reaction. Gauge off the crowd reaction 
And then you can make your assessments from there about Veer Mahan, what you want to do. That's what I thought the right thing to do was. Now, he looks like a heel. Don't get me wrong. Guys like that look like a heel. Taylor made heel for WWE. I know Vince McMahon looks like, looks at somebody like that and they and management and Vince look at him and, and think heel. I get it. But to go and attack Rey Mysterio and the way that they went about this, I, I did not like this at all. I did not like this at all. He went from getting a decent reaction because he was there finally and then they got Veer booed out of the building because he destroyed both Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Now, I don't know why this Miz and Dominic Mysterio match needed to happen. Why did this need to happen? Why did the Miz need to be there? Why did the Miz need to get another victory over the Mysterios after he got the biggest victory over the Mysterios with Logan Paul as his partner on Saturday's WrestleMania? I don't get why any of this was booked the way that it was. Why couldn't Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio cut a promo? Why couldn't they come out and just cut a promo and Veer Mahan interrupts Ryan Dominic Mysterio? Why didn't you do a, a Miz and Dominic match that didn't ultimately get started? The bell didn't ring. Veer Mahan just comes out and says, fuck this shit. We already seen this shit at WrestleMania on Saturday. He beats up the Miz. He beats up Ray. And he beats up Dominic. Or if you didn't want him to beat up The Miz, have The Miz and Dominic in the ring. The bell don't ring. You don't have any match. Dominic doesn't have to take an unnecessary loss and get squashed. Miz gets out of Dodge, and Veer destroys both Ray and Dominic Mysterio. I don't know why they went about booking Dominic to take a loss in a minute. It is so reckless. It is the company not knowing what to do. It's sad that I could come on here and book a better show than WWE and come up with better ideas or ways to go about it than the people actually booking this show. I didn't like the way that they debuted him. He was dominant. I hope the crowd takes to him. I really do. He is going to be in one of those gray areas, man. I really wish that they just sent him out there and they let it be let the fans guide you on what they feel about Veer Mahan. Because this is your fucking fault that you let him sit from the draft from October. It is April 4th. This is the first time we've seen him on main roster television since October. And he got drafted to Monday Night Raw. That is a company that doesn't know what the fuck they are doing. Nobody should be out that long. Nobody. I hope the time away, and I hope the time on main event did him well. I hope the crowd takes to him. Because at the first glance, at the first glance I see Avir Mahan getting no reactions on Monday Night Raw, you're looking at your next Jinder Mahal, and we all know how that ended up. I don't want to see Veer Mahan end up the way Jinder Mahal ended up. We got something here, and WWE already is off to the wrong way about Veer Mahan. Don't like it. Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch had one of the best matches of all of WrestleMania weekend. She came out. She danced. She had the title draped over her shoulder. She was wearing sunglasses. Bianca Belair got buried at WrestleMania with a kick right to the face. And she got a black eye right on her left eye. 
She's in the ring, and she took off her sunglasses and showed the black eye that had, that uh, got Bianca right in the face at WrestleMania by Becky's boot coming off the top rope. Fans chanted, you deserve it. She thanked Becky for what she did to her at SummerSlam because that helped her discover how much better she can be. She said she learned that just like that, it can all be taken away from me, and that hurt. She said she didn't cheat to get her title back. She said Becky came for her throat and her hair and now her eye. She said she still caught everything she had aimed at her. She said no woman is prepared to do what it takes to take the title away from her because after Saturday, I'm a different woman and I am better. At this point, when she said that line, no woman is prepared to do what it takes to take the title away from me, I swear to God, I thought Oscar was about to come out and we were going to get another return to Monday Night Raw. I thought Oscar was going to make a return to Monday Night Raw when Bianca Belair said that line, but we didn't get anybody. She told Becky to maybe take this downtime to find out who she is without the championship. She went into how she is the EST of WWE to close the interview. Her music played, pyro blasted, and that was pretty much it. Bianca Belair didn't really do anything out of the ordinary. She danced around with the Raw Women's Championship with a black eye. We didn't see Bailey. We didn't see Asuka. We didn't see Alexa. We didn't see anybody else making a return or a debut to WWE. I don't know where they go with Bianca Belair. I don't. Bianca Belair has options if WWE allows who I just said to be options. I don't know what they do with the Raw Women's Division. I don't know what they do with Bianca Belair's title reign this time around. SmackDown, when she won the title from Sasha Banks last year and she went into SmackDown after WrestleMania with the championship, WWE really didn't have a plan for her then either. It almost seems like they don't have a plan for her now as well. And I said it on Saturday, you could sit there and and praise Bianca Belair all you want and you could be happy about her winning the Royal Women's Championship, but time and time and time and time again, WWE just doesn't have a fucking plan as to where they want to go next. It's all in the follow-up. You got to limit your excitement with these people. You can't get overly excited about Bianca Belair winning the Royal Women's Championship because there is nobody right now on this active roster that is even ready for a title match. Everybody's been run through. Liv Morgan, Becky Lynch, Dodrop, Nikki Ash, Rhea Ripley. There's nobody on this roster. The only ones that even make sense and the only ones that even emit some sort of interest and excitement are the people that have been missing for several months. Bailey, Asuka, and that's it. Alexa doesn't emit interest. I don't want to see Alexa Bliss against Bianca Belair. I don't want to see, God forbid, Lacey Evans come back and challenge Bianca Belair. No in WWE, they did Lacey Evans versus Becky Lynch when Becky Lynch won the fucking title. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that for Bianca Belair because that's how fucking clueless they are. They got nobody. You can be excited, but I need you guys to take a step back and think about the follow-up. There is none. Until WWE gives us a solid follow-up, I am not really convinced that Bianca Belair winning the Raw Women's Championship is going to do her any better. The, the, the title match against Sasha Banks, it, it was great. And it didn't do anything for Bianca Belair. What is going to be different this time around? She beat Becky Lynch. Great. She beat Sasha Banks. Great. Well, what's, 
What's the plan here? There is none. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler and Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. I watched Stand and Deliver on Saturday. It was a decent effort. It really didn't need to be a premium live event for WWE. We didn't need to wake up early and watch NXT at fucking 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturday afternoon. All of what we saw on Saturday, most of it could have been on the USA Network on a regular episode of NXT 2.0. Braun Breaker beat Tommaso Ciampa back in January at New Year's Evil on NXT TV for the NXT Championship. In that moment, during his entrance, he destroyed the black and gold logo, styrofoam, but he destroyed the logo, symbolizing the death of NXT, black and gold. Everybody was up in arms about it. Management didn't like it. The people who were there that worked on the Triple H did not appreciate it. It was all done on purpose. It was all done viciously, and it was all done to pretty much stay claim that your black and gold, your beloved black and gold is fucking gone Shut the fuck up, says Bruce Pritchard. This is my show now, says Bruce Pritchard. Fuck your indie midgets and fuck your NXT 1.0. It was done to say fuck you to everybody, courtesy of Bruce Pritchard. He beat Tommaso Ciampa, won the NXT title. Great. Tommaso Ciampa is black and gold through and through. He was one of the last remaining heart and soul pieces of NXT. Braun Breaker beat Tommaso Ciampa to win the NXT Championship in his first title opportunity. That was not the first time he's got an NXT title match, but this was his first NXT Championship. This is the first time he's held championship gold in WWE. He was the NXT Champion. Tommaso Ciampa beat him the first time. This time, he got the job done. You know, moments like that, you only have one. You only get one of those moments. You only get one opportunity at that. Your first impression of Braun Breaker in a championship match, you can't go back on that. That moment, him holding the championship up, him beating somebody like Champa, who symbolizes more than Dolph Ziggler will ever symbolize. You only get one of those opportunities. First impressions are everything. You only get one first impression if you guys get where I'm going with this, okay? So we get to stand and deliver, and Breaker and Ziggler have a very good match. Nothing really that's going to set the world on fire. It's not going to be a uh, match of the year candidate by any means. A decent little match. Braun Breaker's getting there. He's got 30 matches under his belt. He's certainly ready for the main roster. Some people may not like that. I think he could use maybe one more year. He's 26 years old. There's no rush. One more year of seasoning on NXT TV, then call him up. He's got everything that you need right now to succeed on the main roster. He's not going to do anything differently. He's not going to learn anything else that Vince McMahon isn't going to teach him on the main roster. Stand and delivery loses against Dolph Ziggler. Now, granted, the match was a fuck finish. Bobby Roode interfered. And the referee did not call for the bell, which was a blatant disqualification. 
He let the match continue, which ultimately Ziggler took advantage of and won the match and retained the championship. I asked myself why. The whole point of this was to take the title off of Braun, put it on Dolph, have Dolph do whatever he does on NXT to get the ratings up a little bit. You know, they they really take great pleasure in seeing a a plus 40,000 in viewership on Tuesday night, as if that makes the fucking world go round. Put the title on Dolph and then take the title off Dolph, put it on Braun at Stand and Deliver. I thought this was the whole plan. So when I see... Dolph Ziggler beat Braun Breaker on Saturday afternoon. I'm asking myself, well, that's it for Braun Breaker on NXT. This match is over. This feud is over. He's not getting another title shot. That was the moment if WWE needed one or wanted one, that was the moment there to do it. I asked myself, why? Braun Breaker's getting called up. There's nothing he's going to be doing on NXT new or, or revolutionary that He's going to be doing on the main roster. What you see now is the Braun Breaker you're going to get on Monday Night Raw. Weeks before that match happened, that stand in the liver, I asked myself, what is the difference? Why do they even take the title off Braun Breaker to begin with? With Braun Breaker as champion and Dolph Ziggler as champion, it doesn't make any difference. It's not going to make Braun Breaker any better by beating Dolph Ziggler. And if Braun Breaker was the champion going in, they should have easily had an option to have Ziggler push the young rookie's buttons in, get him a great match, and beat the dastardly sly heel and Dolph Ziggler. It would have resulted in the same thing. Man, was I proven to be right. Holy shit. WWE had Ziggler beat Breaker on Saturday, and then ultimately, two hours before the show, maybe one hour before the show, they announced an NXT title match on Monday Night Raw tonight with Braun Breaker and Dolph Ziggler. One hour before the show, they announced an impromptu match between Dolph Ziggler and Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. Wow, that NXT Championship really, really feels valuable and sought after and wanted based off a one-hour announcement of the title being defended on Monday night. They show up tonight. They got a match. Braun Breaker wins the NXT Championship back for a second time against Dolph Ziggler in a match that was worse than what they did on Saturday night. Now, why did they do what they did tonight? I got my reasons. The match itself was worse than what we saw on Saturday night. Don't even know why the match happened. But I guess this gets Braun Breaker in front of that Monday Night Raw audience after WrestleMania. If you don't know who Braun Breaker is, now you know who Braun Breaker is. Now you know the name. You get to see Rick, uh, Rick Steiner's son, right? On the big stage after WrestleMania, WrestleMania weekend. Ziggler slapped Braun before the match twice. Looked like the first one missed. Braun used a suplex early on. Ziggler outsmarted him to take control. Started talking some trash to Braun Breaker. This is the big leagues, you idiot, he says to Braun Breaker. Braun avoided a kick, countered a leapfrog into a great-looking body slam, power slam on Dolph. Ziggler worked his way out of that regain control, drop-kicking Braun off the top rope, and he remained in control for a little bit. He went for a famouser. Braun countered into a powerbomb. Braun followed with a running shoulder tackle, overhead suplex, clothesline, 
Rude popped up on the apron just like he did at Saturday Stand and Deliver show for a distraction, and Ziggler used the schoolboy for a roll-up, only got a two-count. Braun took out Rude with a flip dive, but Ziggler hit him with a famous back in the ring for a two-count. I thought they were going to go right back to doing the same ending on Saturday afternoon. Ziggler then raked Braun in the eyes, hit a super kick for another near fall. Ziggler set up for another super kick. Braun cut him in half with a spear. Braun followed with a military press power slam. One, two, three, and Braun Breaker is now a two-time NXT champion. Crowd was pretty dead for this match. Pretty dead for this match. I don't think they're really taking to Braun Breaker the way WWE uh, expected or or, or thinks Braun Breaker is going to be endeared by the crowd. First of all, you, you got Braun Breaker coming out fucking smiling. Number one. Why is the man smiling? Why is the man smiling? This is the second fucking time. I've seen him on the main roster, and I don't care to see him smile again. He's not a baby face that smiles. He's a baby face that fucking kicks your fucking teeth in. I don't want to see him smile. Dolph Ziggler, by the way, on Saturday came out to his good WWE theme. I'm here to show the world theme. Today he came out with his generic Def Def Rebel theme. Sounded terrible. Broad Breaker needs to stop smiling, number one. Number two, I get why WWE had him win the title tonight. But at the same time, and I hope people realize this and mention this, with him winning the title on tonight's show in front of this audience, no matter how big it is, no matter how big the rating is going to be, what you ultimately did is show everybody and the fucking world that what happened on Saturday afternoon meant absolutely nothing. You showed everybody with Braun Breaker and Dolph Ziggler tonight that you thought Stand and Deliver wasn't as big of a stage as everybody in WWE thought it was going to be, and you changed the fucking rules and made that show completely fucking irrelevant. Everything that went into that show and everything that went into that match that led to that show, you proved to be fucking worthless. And you want to know why people don't watch NXT. It's your fucking illogical garbage. It's your stupid decisions that get NXT in the fucking shit that NXT is in. I don't know why anybody would give a fuck about that show now because you showed everybody that that match meant fucking shit on Saturday afternoon. That's the shit that bothers me. WWE isn't in the market to make memorable moments. Dolph Ziggler was the NXT champion for what fucking reason? He did nothing better for the brand, and he did nothing for Braun Breaker. Silence. Silence. Braun Breaker's now a two-time NXT champion, and both reigns, both wins, unmemorable. Unmemorable. You're ruining this guy's career, and this guy isn't even on the fucking TV show a year yet. Braun Breaker and everything he did during this stretch was fucking rendered unmemorable. What a joke. What a fucking joke. Dolph Ziggler was the NXT champion. Again, again, I ask, for what fucking reason? He didn't make Braun Breaker better. In what way did he make Braun Breaker better? 
In what way did he serve his purpose on NXT? Now, Braun Breaker's the champion. Who's going to beat Braun Breaker for the championship now? Who's there that's at the top that's going to go for the NXT championship? I see Carmelo Hayes losing the North American title on Saturday afternoon. It may be him. But at that point, I'm going to say when we get to that point, because I see that's where they're going. When I get to that point, I don't know why you just didn't call Braun Breaker up to the main roster after his loss on Saturday afternoon. It probably would have did him a lot better than winning the title for a second time and it meaning jack fucking shit. Now you want to know why NXT is fucking dead. Look at the decisions this management team makes for that brand and that brand alone. Pathetic. Fucking pathetic. Braun Breaker feels fucking like everybody else already. Smiling out there. Give me a break. Give me a fucking break. Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, the biggest Raw of the year. The guy wins the NXT championship and it means absolutely fucking nothing. Bobby Lashley. He had one of the worst matches of the weekend with Omos. MVP is out there. He sends for Bobby Lashley to come to the ring. We got... uh, Where am I? Where's my fucking notes here? Here we go. MVP's in the middle of the ring. They say that action speaks louder than words. Says Lashley's action spoke volumes at WrestleMania. He said he single-handedly triumphed over the Goliath that was terrorizing Raw for a year, and he didn't even need me. Right from that line there, I knew something fishy was going on. He introduced Bobby Lashley. Lashley made his entrance. Fans really took to Bobby Lashley, chanting his name. Lashley talked about how, at first, when he stepped into the ring with Omas, he wondered whether it was the right challenge to have made. He said the mean... Or the man beat the hell out of him and tossed him around the ring. He said he was the strongest man he's ever been in the ring with. Omas? Omas was the strongest man you've been in the ring with. But you want to tell me that you were in the ring with Brock Lesnar and Omas was stronger than Brock Lesnar. That what you're telling me? How these lines make it to TV, I'll never know. The strongest man he's been in the ring with. He said he almost felt hopeless for a moment. He said he realized if Omos made a mistake, he'd have to capitalize on it. He said that's exactly what happened. Omos came out and interrupted. He entered the ring and said he wanted a rematch. Sure, I want a rematch, Omos. He yelled that Lashley's win was a fluke. MVP declared that he wants a rematch. MVP all of a sudden... Attacked Lashley from behind with the microphone. He then mounted Lashley, punched away at him, kept yelling at Lashley, you don't need me, huh? Omos then took over and did what MVP told him to do. Saxton said, this is surreal. Oh my God, this is so surreal, Saxton. Fans chanted, you suck at Omos as MVP betrays Lashley and aligns himself with the mighty Omos. Boy, do I not give a single shit about Omos, man. Holy shit. First of all, I get what they want to do with Bobby Lashley. I get that we need Bobby Lashley now as a babyface, right? 
He was trending towards being a babyface. I don't know why we couldn't get MVP and Bobby Lashley as a babyface duo. I really don't. Omos has already hit his ceiling in WWE. There's nothing more for Omos to do. He's never going to be a world champion. Nobody will ever believe he's a world champion. Nobody will ever take to him being a world champion. Omos is a type of performer that is a one-trick pony. He's virtually the same thing as the great Kali was when great Kali was on WWE television. Great Kali was nothing more than an oversized fucking oaf who didn't know how to wrestle, and everybody's intelligence was insulted by him being on television because he fucking was completely garbage. He was one of the worst professional wrestlers I've ever seen. There's a one-trick pony mentality with these big guys, man. But WWE loves the big guys. They love these fucking oversized fucking Neanderthal giants that don't know a fucking wrist lock from a wristwatch. It's pathetic. Now, I will say this. You want some positivity about this. I'll give you one positive thing. Omas, this may be the best booking decision that WWE has done with Omas since Omas has been on the main roster in this role he's playing. MVP is a great mouthpiece. MVP is going to compliment Omas the right way. Is MVP going to lead Omas to championship gold? I pray to fucking God not. Otherwise, we're in some serious fucking trouble. This is the best booking decision that Omas has gone on to do. Or WWE has gone on to do with Omas in WWE. MVP being aligned with him fits. But Omas is going to need more than MVP. Omas is going to need much more than MVP. If you ask me, Omas should be fucking on his way out. Nick Khan style. We'll see how this goes. I don't hold this to be one of those things that I think is going to bode well for WWE Raw. Carmella. Carmella and Queen Zelina are out there. They're in the ring. They make their entrance. Former tag team champions lost the tag team championships in a fatal four-way at WrestleMania on Sunday in a very lackluster match to Sasha Banks and Naomi, who we saw earlier beat Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Selena told Carmella that it was her fault that she cost the team the Raw or the Women's Tag Team Championships. Selena said Graves is a fool for marrying her. However, Corey Graves is a very handsome man. Listen, Selena, I don't know, I don't know what you're doing, bro, but you, you're going to get Corey Graves into a lot of trouble with a black mass written all over it. Nobody wants to see that. Do not anger that man. Do not anger Malachi Black. Don't know why things like that have to be said. Carmella yanked the mic away, and she said that she is the most beautiful woman in WWE. Clearly, that is a very subjective thing. She informs Alina that she wouldn't be one of her bridesmaids anymore when she does finally get married, but she could be one of her flower girls instead. Zelina took offense to this, punched Carmella. Carmella leapt into the lap of Corey Graves to... Get out of harm's way here from Zelina. Zelina yanked Carmella off of Corey Graves' lap. Graves held Carmella up, gave her some words of encouragement, and they began tongue wrestling right there with the cameraman all zoomed in on it, fucking making out for a good 15 seconds. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Go get a room. Why was this necessary on the Raw after Mania? 
Did we really need this segment? Like, what the fuck am I watching here? It's bad enough we get the 24-7 title shit. We didn't get that tonight, but we got this. I don't understand it. What a complete waste of time. Great, Carmella and Zelina now have split up. Oh my God, let me go fucking cry myself to sleep. How am I going to fucking conduct myself tomorrow, man? How am I going to pick up the pieces of my broken heart by, uh, by, the, by Friday when I talk about SmackDown? How am I going to live? How am I, how's my week going to go on knowing that Zelina and Carmella aren't a team? Oh my God. Who the fuck are we supposed to be cheering for? Who? Am I, supposed to, am I supposed to side with Carmella? Am I supposed to side with Zelina? Who am I supposed to care about? RK bro. RK bro team with Matt Riddle. Or not, well, Matt Riddle's a part of RK bro. This is where I am at the end of this WrestleMania fucking week. RK bro team with Finn Balor. Against the Usos and Austin Theory. So we got a six-man tag here on Monday Night Raw. Not bad, not bad. I look at this match and I'm asking myself, why aren't we getting RK Bro versus the Usos in a unification match of sorts? This is the second time now that they've been in the ring this month, in the last four weeks. I, I, don't, un- I don't understand it. Usos have been in the ring with RK Bro Quite a bit, and we're not getting a unification match of sorts for the tag team titles. So, Balor wasn't on WrestleMania's card. People still complaining about that. I mean, I don't give a shit at this point. Vince just doesn't see anything in Finn Balor. He's lucky to even be United States champion, but that doesn't really hold a lot of value nowadays in WWE either. So, this wasn't bad. It was very generic. They were given about eight minutes. Not really uh, all that exciting in the eight minutes that was. Pretty basic RK bro match. Roll gets beaten down. Randy Orton makes the hot tag. Randy Orton goes crazy, delivers the offense. He pops the crowd. Same shit. Same shit for RK bro. So Theory snuck in, made a blunt tag. Orton didn't see it. He was about to uh, drape one of the Usos with his DDT. Theory surprised him with a drop kick in the face. Balor kicked Theory and then went for a double stomp off the top rope. He went for the coup de grace. Theory moved out of the way. Theory went for his finisher, but Balor countered and scored a near fall off of a sling blade. Orton then caught Jimmy with an RKO. Jay super kicked Orton. Riddle leapt at Jimmy off the top. Jimmy super kicked him in the gut. Balor hit Jay and then Theory gave him his finisher, the ATL, knee to the face. One, two, three, and that was it. Finn Balor continues to lose on Monday Night Raw. You can guarantee that Finn Balor is losing that championship to Austin Theory at WrestleMania Backlash, whenever they are on pay-per-view again. Theory took a selfie of him standing over Balor. I'm sure he's got plenty of those. He then joined the Usos in celebrating in the aisle. They all took a selfie together, and that is the way this match came to an end. Not much here. I say it every time. I don't know why we, uh, I don't, know why we don't merge the tag team divisions. We've got the fucking Usos and RK Bro, man. Why aren't we merging the tag team divisions? We only need one tag team championship. Finn Balor, man, what a fucking loser. Doesn't make it to WrestleMania. Loses to Austin Theory again on Monday Night Raw. Finn Balor, man, being treated like a fucking chump. When's his contract up? When's he going back to New Japan, bro? Seriously. 
What a waste of time. Edge. One of the other things outside of Cody Rhodes I was looking forward to on this show tonight, Edge. Edge explaining what happened at WrestleMania with Damian Priest. Edge got this new dark, brooding gimmick. Doesn't have a name yet, but I love the vibe of Edge. I love everything about this presentation of Edge. I love the lighting. I love the music. I love how he's carrying himself. This segment didn't go as well as I thought it was, though, man. The crowd really shit all over this for some reason. I don't know why. I really don't understand it. Dallas, Dallas sucked tonight. They were anything like a, or they were anything but a WrestleMania, uh, Raw after WrestleMania crowd. They, They really embarrassed themselves, especially during this segment. Edge made his entrance. He's in the ring by himself for now. Says he did what he vowed to do to Styles at WrestleMania. He said what he didn't expect was Damian Priest to show up. He said what Priest went through, he went through the same thing he did, trying to please you sheep. Fans in Dallas started to chant, we are sheep. Edge said, that's very telling, you idiots. So clearly Edge was listening to them and he threw it right back at them. Edge demanded everyone to rise. Fans didn't. Not like you could see anyway. The entire arena is fucking black. Edge got upset. He said they should rise for the man who respects his message and who will be the punishment for the guilty. Damian Priest made his entrance. I like that line, man. He will be the punishment for the guilty. Damian Priest, before he joined WWE, his ring name was Punishment Martinez. So a nice little uh, throwback to the indie days, the Ring of Honor days for Damian Priest. Priest said for weeks leading into WrestleMania, he felt lost. You and I, Priest, my boy, Damian Priest, we feel the same way, bro. Every Monday night, I feel lost. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know what... I should be doing while Raw's on, man. Should I be watching? Should I be happy? Should I be sad? Should I be scooping cat litter? Should I cleaning? Should I be cleaning cat piss? What, what should I be doing? I feel so lost, bro. Fucking guide me, please. Maybe I should hit up Edge. Maybe he can find the way that I need to go down. Priest said for weeks he was lost. Priest said at one time he would have cared about the fans booing him. He says he does not care anymore. Said Edge's message was given to him directly, he feels. He says Edge's message gave him direction. Does anybody know what Edge's message is? What is Edge's message? I don't really know what his message Are we going to find out what the message is? Are we going to find out what the message is? I hope so. So, Priest said at one time he cared about the fans booing him. Not anymore. Message gave him direction. Says he knows Edge was speaking to Styles, but it felt like he was speaking directly to him. That's why it was so easy to make the decision to pledge my loyalty to you. Edge says they judge Styles at WrestleMania, and they will do the same to anyone who challenges their message. Says he knows Styles will keep coming. He asked for the Pitbull, and he got it. But Pitbulls don't know when it's time to take flights instead of fighting. He told him, To think of his children. Think of his family. Crowd really did not take to anything Damian Priest was saying. Crowd was chanting, this is boring, or you are boring. 
Not really a good look for somebody that they are trying to repackage and pair with Edge in this new faction being led by one of the greatest of all time. Not really a good look for this duo here of Edge and Damian Priest. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with Dallas tonight, but clearly they didn't find any interest in this whatsoever. Brody King. Brody King, who is in the House of Black with Malachi Black and and uh, Buddy Matthews. He went on social media and apparently the Fox on WWE's account there, the, the WWE on Fox Twitter account, mentioned something along the lines of what would you name this group? What would you name this duo? Brody King... He tweeted the Fox WWE account and said, when you order House of Black on Wish.com, and he left a link. Clearly, everybody is already getting vibes of a House of Black. Clearly, already people are making correlations to what AEW is doing with Malachi and his House of Black with Edge and his new group of people here. I I don't know what's going on. I'm going to keep an open mind because it is Edge. And I think Edge is a fucking master of his craft. So let's give it time, please. Let it play out. I hate that. But I'm going to let this one ride itself out. Even with Damian Priest. And I said this on Sunday after the match is over. This could be a make or break situation for Damian Priest. If Priest is not over with this group and with Edge standing next to him, there's no hope for Damian Priest. This is his last chance here. It's just not going well for Damian Priest on the WWE main roster right now. And Vince is solely to blame for that. I think Vince fucked him up. I really do. Styles came to the ring. Priest met him in the aisle. Styles threw him over the ring barricade. Attacked Edge in the ring. He threw Edge shoulder first into the ring post twice. He then grabbed two chairs, slid them into the ring. He was going to give him a concerto. Styles placed the chair under Edge's head. Priest came back into the ring and saved Edge from... This concerto, he kicked away at Styles. Priest held up Styles for Edge to spear him. WWE officials came down because they were going to concerto Styles. And the WWE officials got this one in order and stopped the further punishment. I don't know where they're going with this, but clearly this is going to be leading to adding more people and more wrestlers to the group. I mentioned Tommaso Ciampa. There's rumors going around that Tommaso Ciampa could be the next one to join this group. When we see that, if it is him, I don't know. I think that would be great. I think that would fit like a glove. Ciampa could bring a lot to the group, especially working alongside Edge. And I said on Sunday, there's correlations there between Ciampa and Edge because of the neck surgeries that they both had. Same thing. Same thing. So Ciampa's always referenced Edge as an inspiration to come back. Seeing what Edge went through, he went through the same thing. So there could be a similarity there with Tommaso Ciampa joining Edge in this faction with Damian Priest. I mentioned Dominic Dajakovic. I mentioned T-Bar. He could be somebody if they want to shed this fucking gimmick and give him something else to do and really let him be himself. I think that would work out in that group as well. He's also directionless. There's no direction for Dominic Dajakovic. If anybody feels lost, it's him. What about Rhea Ripley? Rhea Ripley feels lost, doesn't she? Rhea Ripley went from losing the title to Charlotte to teaming with a fucking 
comic book character in real life, Nikki Trash, and having that be a disaster, then being placed in another tag team with another another failure in Liv Morgan, she feels lost. What if Rhea Ripley turns heel and Edge has her find a new direction? I don't know. Could be something that we could see there as well. There are options. It could work out. Will WWE go these different routes to get these lost characters on TV right now? Some sort of direction in a faction with Edge? I don't know. Are the fans going to take to it? Tonight wasn't a good night. It wasn't a good showing for what they got planned here. But it it, it could also be the Dallas crowd, man. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with Dallas. But maybe next week in Detroit, we see something a little bit different. Maybe they'll respect Edge a little bit more in Detroit. But it seemingly looks like Edge and Styles is not over by a long shot yet. What is Styles going to do? Clearly, he's going to be backup. What is Styles going to do to combat Damian Priest, Edge, and any more potential talent joining Edge's new brood? I don't know. Maybe we see Finn Balor get involved. Maybe we get two sweet back together. I don't know. So we'll see what happens there. The Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins versus the Alpha Academy. This was a Texas Tornado match. Went nine minutes. Same old, same old here. Same tag team match, nothing new. Montez Ford did a big dive over the turnbuckle like he usually does. Takes everybody out on the outside like he did last night. Alpha Academy took control. Remained in control through a break. Otis grabbed the table. The crowd cheered for the table. Otis gave the crowd what they wanted. They set up Angelo Dawkins for a Vader bomb. But uh, he managed to escape. Chad Gable tried giving Ford a superplex through the table, but Ford pushed him off the top. Dawkins knocked Gable onto the table, and Ford nailed a frog splash through the table for the one, two, three, and the Alpha Academy continue to lose. Street Profits get the win. What does it mean? I don't know. It's the same old shit. And Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns ended the show. I'm thinking to myself, boy, Roman Reigns is ending the show. There's got to be something coming up at the end of the show, right? Somebody's got to be coming out. Can't just end it on Roman Reigns acknowledging Dallas as the undisputed champion, right? Boy, was I wrong. Roman Reigns made his entrance with Paul Heyman. He was wincing in pain when he lifted up his arm, the arm that got fucked up at WrestleMania, but he did lift up his arm Don't know how badly Roman Reigns is hurt right now. We will not find out how badly Roman Reigns is hurt. WWE does not want you to know Roman Reigns is hurt. That will lead to questions. WWE doesn't want you asking any questions about Roman Reigns. They want you to think Roman Reigns is all right. He just won the Universal and WWE Championships at WrestleMania. They don't want you to think he's hurt at all. If they give you any doubt about Roman Reigns... And Roman Reigns needs to be off of television. WWE is fucked. They are fucked. There's nobody there on SmackDown. Because they are still operating under brand split rule. Brand split, yes. Brand split rules. If Roman has gone off SmackDown, they have no one. So they're keeping this very tight-lipped. He entered. He's in the ring. He's got both belts with him. He hands both belts to Paul Heyman. Rain says he knows what they want and why they're here. He said they're going to change things up a little bit. 
He asked Heyman to explain the bloodline's success. Heyman explained that the Usos are the longest reigning tag team champions in the history of SmackDown. Said Reigns was in the main event for the largest box office of WrestleMania. He's got receipts to back it up. He said the same thing about WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble, and SummerSlam. Said Reigns was on top of the first billion-dollar year for WWE. Thank you, Fox. Thank you, USA. And thank you, Saudi Arabia. Has nothing to do with Roman Reigns. He touted 58% increase of viewership on Peacock compared to last year. Who was on top? Roman Reigns. He then added that he is the single biggest star in sports entertainment. Undisputed. Reigns said the wise man always says what's good for Roman Reigns is good for WWE. He says it's no secret that with him at the head of the table, the billion dollar deals are coming easy. That is because I am the last needle mover. It was at this point I thought somebody was coming out. I don't know who would, who would be coming out, but I thought somebody would be coming out. Clearly nobody came out. He said that happens because he's operating at God mode. He says he is also a man of his word. He said he called a shot at WrestleMania and he delivered. He said he was going to smash Lesnar and he smashed him. He said that's the past and now we are moving on to the future. He said other men would hang their hat on this weekend, but he's never content. I'm a progressive tribal chief and I'm constantly moving forward. So this Friday on SmackDown, I will let everyone know what the next step is. He ended Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania with Dallas telling them to acknowledge him. And that's the way Monday Night Raw went off the air. WWE's not going to let you know Roman Reigns is hurt. To the severity of which he's hurt, they're not going to let you know. I don't know what WWE has planned for Roman Reigns. I've seen a couple of people on social media saying that Roman Reigns should relinquish the titles. No. Roman Reigns is not relinquishing those fucking titles, man. Roman Reigns will be hurt, and he will be holding those championships. That's where WWE needs to come up with a major plan B. A major plan B. Maybe this all leads to WWE ending the brand split. Because they know without Roman Reigns wrestling that they don't have a fucking show, and that if Roman is hurt, ending the brand split might really alleviate that pain. We may see the end of the brand split, not because Roman unified the championships, but because Roman got hurt. And I would like to know how he got hurt and why Lesnar, if this was the move that did it in, the Kimura lock, why it was the Kimura lock of all things that looked to be a shoot fucking Kimura lock. I don't understand it. You know, you guys can praise Brock Lesnar all you want. I'm glad Brock Lesnar's off TV. Everybody was fucking jerking their fucking cocks to Brock Lesnar. Oh, my God, Cowboy Brock. Ha, ha, ha. Cowboy Brock. Yeah, Brock Lesnar's back. He's having the time of his life. Yeah, Brock Lesnar this. Fuck Brock Lesnar. Okay? Brock Lesnar didn't really do anything out of the ordinary, but put a cowboy hat on and put fucking flannel on. If anything, Brock Lesnar fucking held up WWE television by the title being on him and not somebody else. I'm tired of this Brock Lesnar needing the world championship bullshit. I hope this is the last time we see that for a very long time, if not ever, again. I don't know how he got hurt. You would think that Roman Reigns would be fucking protected at all costs by anybody, especially somebody like Brock Lesnar. Tattered this shit is the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. It ended up being one of their worst matches ever. They still have not topped WrestleMania 31. Nowhere close. And that was a baby Roman Reigns. This is the fucking tribal chief. 
And I'm sorry if I'm being too critical and you enjoyed the match, but the match sucked. The match, uh, the match sucked up until he got hurt, and even if Roman wasn't hurt, the match was still going to fucking suck anyway. Just because of how we got to where we got with the injury. It's nothing more than spamming finishing moves, man. F5, Superman punch. F5, spear. Superman punch, F5. You fucking serious? German suplex, German suplex, German suplex, suplex city, suplex city. That's what you call a WrestleMania main event? The greatest WrestleMania main event of all time? Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn had a better fucking match than Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Let that sink in. Logan Paul had a better fucking performance than Brock Lesnar. Let that sink in. You fucking serious? Roman Reigns' body of work has been fucking tremendous. He brought out a better match from fucking Jey Uso than he did Brock Lesnar. It all comes back to Lesnar, man. Lesnar's lazy. You like your WWE champions to be lazy? I know I don't. Roman Reigns gave you fucking gems with Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, Edge, Cesaro, Jey Uso, Rey Mysterio, you name it, you name it, Drew McIntyre, you fucking name it. But he couldn't bring out a great match from Brock Lesnar? Whose fault is that? Give me a fucking break. Match was dog shit. Dog shit. Should be fucking ashamed that they even went on TV tonight and still claimed that it was the greatest WrestleMania match, the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Hi, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels would like to fucking ask you a few questions. Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan would like to ask you a few questions. John Cena and The Rock would like to ask you a few questions. Roman Reigns, what is he going to do on Friday? I don't know what the fuck he's going to do on Friday. For all we knew, Drew McIntyre is going to come out there and challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. While I have my fucking pillow, I'll be falling asleep when that announcement is made. Drew McIntyre is great. Do I think that Drew McIntyre should be the one? Fuck no. You fucking serious? Drew McIntyre ain't beating Roman Reigns. Nobody's beating Roman Reigns. If Cody Rhodes isn't the one to beat Roman Reigns, then I don't want to hear anybody's name being mentioned. WWE's got nobody right now that's even close to being ready on the main roster to beat Roman Reigns. Braun Breaker's certainly not the guy. You want Smiley Braun Breaker to be the guy? You want Gable Steveson, who's already getting rape fucking thrown at him on social media? Yeah, that's going to go over well. WWE, they probably have a, a, a ton of questions about Roman Reigns. ton of questions. Friday, and him announcing what they're going to do on Friday, is going to give WWE Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and all of Friday up until SmackDown to really assess the Roman Reigns injury. I don't know if they even know how injured he really is. So this may be nothing more than them giving themselves time to figure shit out. Do they have a plan? Of course they don't have a fucking plan. Roman Reigns is hurt. And we'll find out on Friday night. At the end of all this, this was one of the most disappointing. It wasn't as bad as last year. Don't get me wrong. More happened this year because of Cody than anything that they did last year. Last year was fucking garbage. This was no better. This was no better. This was a disappointing show, and I'm right back to where I am, man. I just want this fucking show to be right. I want this show to be good. 
right back to where I was, man. The positivity that was on Saturday night, some of the positivity that was on Sunday night, we're right back to the fucking same old shit on Monday night. This show sucks. Where are the people that book Saturday's show? Those people seem to be having a fucking great time. The people that booked this show clearly didn't have a fucking thing as to what they wanted to do. They didn't have a vision of what they wanted to do. Throw everything at this show, random shit, and then maybe fucking uh, people will like it. They didn't have one fucking thing planned on this show outside of Cody Rhodes showing up. Nothing. Raw After Mania sucked. Sucked. Thank you guys very much for joining me on Off The Script. We are going to go over the Super Chats in just a second. I want to thank you guys for a great weekend, man. We got 3,400 people in the venue, man. That that makes close to 14,000 live viewers all WrestleMania weekend, man. I'm not even including NXT Stand and Deliver and Ring of Honor. We were live for Ring of Honor, man. We had 2,200 people for Ring of Honor on Friday night. Crazy. You guys are awesome. I love you guys. Follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And make sure you guys go check out all the content on the channel that you haven't seen yet. Everything you need all WrestleMania weekend is right there for you. And today's show is sponsored by Blue Chew, man. BlueChew.com. My friends over at Blue Chew... They want you to know confidence takes you guys far in life, man. And when you feel confident, you're at your best, especially when it comes to time, that time to perform in the bedroom. That's where Blue Chew is king, man. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but they come in chewable tablets at a fraction of of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. You guys can plan ahead and be ready. When that opportunity arises, the process is very simple, man. You go to BlueChew.com, you consult with one of their online physicians. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part of it is, is all done online. No doctor's offices, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And BlueChew's tablets are shipped in the USA, man, direct to your door. Made in the USA, shipped right to you in a very discreet package. I talked about first impressions with Braun Breaker, man. What about those lasting impressions? He ain't going to make no lasting impressions as the NXT champion, but you know what? You'll make a lasting impression using Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Promo code JD at checkout. All you guys have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. BlueChew.com. I want to thank them, as always, for sponsoring the podcast right here on Off The Scripts. Let's start at the top of the Super Chats, guys. We got Kiana Colwell with a 9.99 Super Chat. Ronda has been a cringe flop. Another one who's all about herself and the money. Absolutely agree, Kiana. Ronda is a complete waste of time. But the issue with Charlotte Flair is far from over. We're going to see it all on Friday. Because Ronda got fucked over WrestleMania. Oh, joy, oh, joy. I can't wait to see a WrestleMania backlash rematch. Ric Flair said that Ronda versus Charlotte was the greatest women's match he's ever seen. <laughs> oh, man. Sasha Banks is probably looking at that fucking comment, laughing her ass off, man. Probably in bed with Mikaze last night, fucking laughing her ass off. Jesus fucking Christ, man. 
Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. After Cody's promo, Raw nosedive into a pile of shit. Yes, it did. After Cody, this show fell off a fucking cliff. Jay Coyle with a $2 super chat. Hope that Kimberly is okay. Nash Carter's in some deep shit, bro. Nash Carter of MSK, who just won the Tag Team Championships to stand and deliver on Saturday, man, is in some deep fucking shit. I, I, you know what? Listen, man. She got evidence. She got evidence. But I tell you what, man. Whatever went on between those two, it always comes at the most appropriate time, man. Really. He just won the NXT Tag Team Championships for a second time. And she picked today to unleash hell on social media, man. Go check it out. Go check out her Twitter page, man. Kimberly, I hope all ends well there. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen to Nash Carter and MSK, man. That's a serious shit right there. That's some serious shit. Lauren Hutton with a $5 super chat. My dream picks for Edge's new faction. Edge, Champa, Priest, Rhea, and Shayna. Feel for Balor. He's always getting pinned. Vince loves theory. Um, I'm sticking with Rhea and, and, and Champa right now. I'm sticking with Rhea and Champa right now. I think they'd fit like a glove there. Jay Jones says she's been changing her story multiple times. Cody faced KO in a dark match, says Jesse, after Raw went off the air. So he left AEW for dark. Jesse, don't add any more fuel to the fucking AEW neckbeards fire, please. Uh, Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. Just woke up, JD. Tony Brown, I slept most of the day too, bro. And I'm still tired. But you missed some booty meat on tonight's show, bro. Naomi and Sasha. And in some cases, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. And Bianca. Tyrone Johnson Jr. with 499 Super Chat. Elias, Ezekiel, Enrique. Kevin Owens is a gem. Kevin Owens is great. Tony Brown. You missed a lot of booty, bro. With another 499 Super Chat. Everybody that you like, bro, is on. DX for life with a $5 Australian Mite Super Chat. With the attention and headlines that Cody made at WrestleMania, I feel like AEW are going to try and put on a banger this week in response. Bro, Samoa Joe has a live microphone on Wednesday. I think we're fine. I think we're fine. FTR and the Young Bucks, man, are on in the main event for the Ring of Honor World Title. I think we're fine. The Undertaker with a $5 Super Chat. At this point, I can see Roman Reigns winning both mid-card titles. It's not like WWE does anything with them anyway, nor do they care about them. Might as well just give him all the fucking titles. Make Roman into a literal fucking meme. My boy, era, Derek Anawaihi with a six-month super chat. Six-month VIP. Thank you, brother. Thank you for the recommitment. All I gotta say is I fell in, just woke up. See notification of your podcast. By the way, I'm drinking liquor. Bro, listen, you can't be drinking, you can't be drinking the fine beverages if you want that intercontinental title, bro. Aaron King with a $5 super chat. Raw is like a really bad fart. 
Tuning in at 8 is ripping the fart, and subsequent three hours is the lingering stench that just won't go away. Aaron, you, you really paint a uh, uh, perfect picture there, bro. Holy shit. Stoned Beast becomes a new member. Thank you, Stone Beast. New VIP to OTS. What are you drinking, brother? Vernon F. With a $5 super chat. What if Rhonda becomes a spokeswoman for NyQuil since she helps with the drowsiness? Bro, you don't need NyQuil with Rhonda Rousey around. I'll tell you that much. She'd be the first. She she would be the perfect spokesman for uh, Sleepies. She'd be the perfect spokesman for Sleepies, man. She could be uh, selling beds. You walk into Sleepies, imagine seeing Ronda Rousey just standing there selling your fucking bed, bro. I think that'd be great. Ronda Rousey could be the spokeswoman for Nyquil. She could be the uh, spokeswoman for uh, some lavender or chamomile tea. Something that really helps with uh, you falling asleep at night, right? It'd be great. She certainly has a life after WWE if she wants to pursue one. JD25 with a 199 Super Chat. How soon would you have Cody take down Roman? I let this build as long as I can, man. If it happens, SummerSlam, maybe longer. Maybe WrestleMania. Maybe WrestleMania next year. I'd have, I, I would have Cody go through his past to get to where he wants to be in the future. Meaning I'd have him go through Randy Orton. I'd have him go through uh, AJ Styles. I'd have him go through Edge. I think that'd be great. Spear of the Wolf with a $5 Super Chat. Tribalism is a sickness. I'm happy for Cody and wish him the best. I hate tribalism, bro. There's no tribalism here. Ryan Fairburn with a two-month membership. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you for the recommitment. It's Mania Hollywood. You can tell Vince is throbbing over it. Reigns vs. Rock is happening, I think. Roman ain't losing the title outside of Mania. Well, then Cody's got a long way to go, bro. Ray, I do Ray versus Cody, yes. Jack with a 199 Super Chat. Would Rhodes have thrived during the Attitude Era? No. This version of Cody? Maybe. The Glorious One with a $5 Super Chat. Too many people have been hypocrites nowadays. Let Cody rock and see what happens. I agree. I agree, man. Adrian V777 with a $5 super chat. You want to get rid of your VIPs over calling out Cody sellout roads? That's messed up. Why do you just dismiss the lack of loyalty from Cody? I'm not saying I want to get rid of my VIPs. Who the fuck said I want to get rid of my VIPs? I just said you can call Cody a fucking sellout. I don't give a shit that Cody's a fucking sellout. You want to think he's a sellout? Fine. I'm not calling him a sellout. Cody wants to win a world title, which he was not going to do in AEW, in WWE. The more power to him. I never said I am getting rid of my VIPs over calling out Cody and calling him sell. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Adrian. When did I say that? 
Bestardo with a $2 super chat. Worked your ass off this week. Just want to say thank you. Thank you, Bestardo. Ryan Fairburn with a New Zealand $20 super chat. WWE shot themselves in the foot with the winner-take-all match. Roman should be universal champion, period. Cody wants the WWE title. Well, that's WrestleMania's title match is sorted already. Rock versus Reigns. Rhodes versus Heel Edge. I don't know what WWE is going to do with the two titles, man. Maybe maybe one of the titles goes back to Raw, goes back to Raw, and then Cody fights for that title, and it's not necessarily Roman. I don't know. We'll find out more on Friday, man. I don't think WWE even knows what they want to do. Captain Solo with a ten month membership. Thank you, Solo. Thank you for the recommitment, bro. Cody should be the guy to end Roman Reigns' title run. Don't call me crazy, JD. Do you think the right guy won between Styles and Edge? Yes, I do. I think Edge was the right guy to win. Styles is going to get the one up on Edge, man. Jay Coyle with a $5 super chat at Battleground 2013. Cody Rhodes and Goldust gave the Shield their first loss and dethroned them as champs. Now Cody could dethrone Roman again. And you know what? That was a great fucking match. That was a great match. JT Golden with a 199. Ezekiel looking like Lord Farquaad from Shrek. And he looks ridiculous, man. Captain Solo with a $2 super chat. Elias' next gimmick will be Future Endeavored. Gyro Gonzalez with a Mexican $50 super chat. Cody versus Orton will be interesting if they know how to book a good story. The elements are there. I know. I'm looking forward to it, man. No Heat Sing with a $199 super chat. Ripley joining Edge's Heel Stable would be cool. I think that would work out very well for Rhea Ripley. Jack with a 199 Super Chat. Thoughts on Quentin Tarantino movies? They're all right. Not my favorite, but all right. Adrian V with a 12-month membership. Thank you, bro. Just saw an interview with Cody. He said it was a, quote, personal thing between he and Tony Khan, and you just want us to be silent about that? I ask why. I don't know where he said it was a personal thing. He said he has nothing but love for Tony Khan and he wants AEW to thrive. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, bro. It's a personal thing for him. He wants to win the world championship. Let him win the world championship. He has nothing but love for Tony Khan and Bucks and Omega and Paige. There's nothing for him to do there. He didn't want to wrestle for the TNT title for the rest of his career. He didn't want to be known as a 12-time TNT champion. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Let the guy do what he's got to do. The professional gamer with $2 Superjet. It's as if WWE loves to destroy their talents. Yes. Majin, thank you for a 10-month membership, brother. 199 by T Money. Evermore. Chris McKean. Love it. 
Ricardo Linnell. Why don't I watch anymore? Because OTS is my cure for the raw depression. Thank you, Tribal Chief of the IWC. Riley Johnson with a four ninety nine super chat. Thank you, Riley. AJ and Finn versus Edge and Priest. Looks like we may get it. AJ is going to need some backup. There's no better backup than Finn Balor. Steven Escalante with a four ninety nine super chat. Hey, have Cody win the IC title. Bring back the old school IC belt. Make it relevant again. Go against Roman. Beats him, and he'll be a third to hold IC and WWE title. No. Now we're not having Cody win the IC title and bring back the old belt again. Brandon with a four ninety nine super chat. Was the crowd chanting "You deserve it" for BB winning the title or for her eye? It's a good question. Bianca got kind of booed tonight in Dallas. Must have been something in the water down there, bro. Versified with a five dollar super chat. Jay, the last few days you were New York, the city that never sleeps, recovering Ring of Honor and WrestleMania week. Thanks for all you do. Get. Some rest, bro. I never rest, man. I never rest. Versified also with a five-dollar super chat. Notice that Golden Boy is a fan of yours from Twitter. Whatever happened to him in AEW, maybe bring him over to do some commentary in Hog. I'd love to have him on commentary, man. Golden Boy is a fucking beast. He really is. Anyway, guys, that's all I got for you on this Monday night, man. We killed it all weekend. Off the script was number one in the entire community. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday again, bro. What does that say about OTS? Means OTS is undisputed. So that fucking means. Anyway, guys, I'll be back live tomorrow night. We'll be live for NXT. Hopefully you guys show up. The NXT after WrestleMania, man. We'll see what happens over there. Thank you guys for everything. Thank you for your super chats. Thank you for hanging out, man. 3,400 in the venue. Thank you for those likes. You guys blew the minimum away of 1,000, man. Almost 1,300, man. Hit that like button if you have not done so yet. And make sure you guys check out my sponsor, Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I'll see you live tomorrow night for NXT in the venue. I need two things from me before I get out of here. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis if you got them. And number two, when you hear that guitar solo, come on, man. I need that music on max. I'll see you guys tomorrow night for NXT. Until then, guys, thank you for a great WrestleMania weekend. And I'll see you back live in the venue tomorrow night. I'll see you guys later. Oh,